Christine Bentley in studio with Kate Wheeler, and you are listening to What She Said on 105.9 The Region. Today's show is brought to you by Meridian Credit Union, expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Kate, have you ever heard of Financial Detox Month? No. I know about Dry January because we've been doing the Hill Street Challenge. Well, Dillis DeCruz, the Vice President and Head of Wealth Management at Meridian Credit Union, and Dave Semerak, a Senior Wealth Advisor, are going to be here to kick off the show and tell us about a new sort of movement. So they say, depending on the family participating in Financial Detox Month, uh, you can save anywhere between $200 to thousands. Um And they have tips for getting ourselves and our families on track, especially if moderation is not in your DNA. Is that a word, moderation? Because <laughs> I don't, you know, it's I, in the I, dictionary. It's like <laughs> retirement for me. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Toronto-born actress Kate Ross has appeared on hit TV shows such as Rain, Alias Grace, Heartland, and she's going back to her theater roots, starring in a production of Mary's Wedding. It's on now at Streetcar Crow's Nest in Toronto. It's a love story set against the backdrop of the Great War, and she'll be here today to tell us more about the play. Film critic Ann Brody has the latest movie and TV reviews in Saturday Night at the Movies. And don't forget, this Sunday is Super Bowl Sunday. And for a super game, you want supersized snacks. So home economist, spokesperson for Ontario Turkey, Emily Richard, will be here with some ideas to help satisfy your game day craving and feed a crowd Mm -hmm. with Ontario Turkey at your Super Bowl party this year. And may I say, you can do this all ahead. I like that. And you can enjoy yourself with your friends. Okay. Now, I had never heard of New Moon Sister Meditation Circles, but they are designed to provide a safe, confidential, and inspiring place for women to show up, be seen, and heard without any judgment. So business partners Martha Eleutherio and Angela Catanaro, they run them once a month in the GTA, and they're going to be here to tell us more about them. And closing out the show in our live studio sessions, we have 13-year-old singer-songwriter Cheyenne May from Vancouver, B.C., who will be performing her debut single, Forever and Ever, which recently debuted at number 64 on the iTunes Canadian Country Charts. So stay tuned, and don't forget, you can follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, you name it. It's all at What She Said Talk. Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. To contact the show, go to whatshesaidtalk.com. Meridian's three-year escalator GIC can help you save for a bucket list trip. In the first year, earn 2% interest. In the second, 3%. In the third, 4%. Those escalating savings could be the difference between this trip and this trip. Visit a branch or meridiancu.ca today to get started. Meridian, saving for a better life while living your best life. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. This is 105.9 The Region. What she said, she's powerful. 
Now back to what she said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Dry January is becoming more and more popular among Canadians, but have you heard of Financial Detox Month? Joining us now is Dillis Cruz, the Vice President and Head of Wealth Management at Meridian Credit Union, and Dave Samarak, a Senior Wealth Advisor, and they're here to tell us about a new movement. Welcome to the show. Thanks Thank so you. much. We love hearing about new movies. <laughs> <laughs> now, Dillis, you're going to be here for the next four weekends, talking yeah. RRSPs, accomplishing short-term goals while planning for the future, and more, as it is the beginning of a new year. But after the holidays, people apparently tend to lose their financial discipline after overspending. But Dave... Every January, you and your family go through a financial detox month. So explain that. Sure. Thank you. Um, so this started uh, a couple years ago when uh, I did start the dry January um, uh, effort. And what I wanted to do was kind of take that um, and combine it with saving money because I found that during December, uh, you know, we were spending a lot of money and we didn't know where 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 the, uh, we the money was going. We budget. didn't stick to it. Um, yeah. So um, I'm not a moderate person. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's really difficult for me to budget, and and you'll hear financial advisors out there say, "Well, you have to set aside $200 a month for this and $500 a month for that." Sorry, that's not going to work. I have two young kids. It's really difficult to do that. So we just went cold turkey. I like the fact that you said that, though, because budgeting, we always talk about budgeting, right? Mm-hmm. And here's a financial advisor saying, uh, I'm not great at budgeting. I'm not great so at budgeting, you know what? No. The reality is you have to find what works, right? Absolutely, yeah, right. Yeah. And and so when we first started off, it was like, we're going to go cold turkey. Um, and what that, does that mean? Yeah, what does that turkey? mean, right? It means eating cold turkey. No, uh, it, <laughs> Don't we all do that in December and early January. It basically means um, we don't swipe our credit card or buy anything other than gas or groceries for the whole month. So uh, that means no coffee on the way into work. And I have about a 45-minute commute, so no coffee in the car. I brew it at home. I bring my lunch every day. I make dinner every day. And when you have two young kids, that's, that's pretty challenging. You know, that means no pizzas on Friday nights, or that means you know, no, no quick takeout. So homemade, everyday breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You got it. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and it means um, playing with old toys and having activities that uh, have been sitting on the shelf for several months uh, or even years. So, uh, or playing with all those toys that uh, that uh, happened over the holidays. So, um, what we found is that we've saved a ton of money. And for us personally, it's in the hundreds of dollars. For some people, it could be uh, ap- actually in the thousands, or it could be you know fifty dollars here or there. But it really has added to uh, what we are saving on a month. And then when we get that credit card bill in later on in the year, uh, it's not that bad. What I'd like to know is, I mean, there are necessities that you have. I mean, you have to. And sometimes buying a pizza is cheaper than actually going out and You're making right, a meal. You're right, $9.99 I can get it for. Do you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but what is it that people just really essentially blow money on that's not necessary? Right. That they just do because... The fancy coffees, I think, are up there. Mm-hmm. Well, the fancy coffees are there. And, and it's the little transactions that add on to our bill every day. Like? That we don't see. So those coffees, right? Well, one in the morning on your drive to work, one on the way home, maybe one during the middle of the day. That's That could be $6 a day at some places. And you could, could be, be you could be buying water for $4. You yeah, could be, or you could huge. be drinking, that's you know, true. homemade coffee for yeah. pennies a glass. Exactly. Right? Or that no, sweet I'm, I'm at three in the afternoon yeah. when you need that lift, right? Right. And, and don't get me wrong, I love my coffee. It's, it's really important for me. Yeah, but you so. could be spending... 
40 50 dollars a week on coffee Absolutely. and that's like 2500 bucks a year, right? That's right. That's right. The next thing is eating out for lunch. So Mm -hmm. uh, my wife and I, we both work full time. Uh, We'll both eat out for lunch maybe twice a week. Call it $10 each time. That's $40 a week that we're we're spending right there, right? So uh, add that up. uh, That's $160 a month uh, that we're just spending on two meals a week each. And what about entertainment? Do people find that they spend a lot on entertainment in terms of maybe going out with friends, drinking instead of having them over? Right, absolutely. Uh, so, going to movies that they could. $20 glass of wine can get you a $20 bottle of wine, right? Exactly. So, mm-hmm. I right? was just thinking right? that. Right? When you go down now, it's like 20 bucks for a glass of wine and yeah. you get a nice bottle for Absolutely, mm. absolutely. And that's the other thing we, we've combined with it. So, you know, I like to uh, have a glass of wine in uh, during the holidays and enjoy myself. And then I go, again, I don't have any wine. That could be $20 a week that we're saving on a bottle of wine that we would typically And have, a lot yeah. of people, I think, too, want to get together with friends. So they say, well, let's just go to a restaurant. Well, by the time you're done there, having yeah. a few glasses of wine, dessert, yeah. Wine, yeah. instead of somebody cooking. Yeah. Right. Or saying, let's do a potluck and get together. We haven't seen you. We'd love to see you. Yeah. Right. So say then, Dave, that you have saved a few hundred dollars right. over January. What's the best thing to do with those savings? Yeah, it really depends on on kind of what situation you're in. So for us, it's, it's useful to pay down those bills that we kind of accumulated in December. For others, it would be maybe paying down your line of credit or saving that money and creating... Uh, maybe a, an emergency fund uh, or saving it in your RSP or TFSA and, and having that money grow for you. And what's really interesting is I love swiping my credit card. I love points. I love getting that cash back that you can get from from your credit card. Um, but by doing this, I actually uh, reverse that. And, and the money I save, I use for paying down debt. And instead of getting that kind of uh, um, uh, enthusiastic feeling that I get from swiping my credit card, I get it from paying down debt or putting money into savings. And do you um, talk to your children about this? Do you try to role model it a little bit? Yes, and they hate it. There's no <laughs> doubt. How old are they? they? Tell us how old yeah, they are. Absolutely. So I have two boys. They're 12 and 8. Oh. Um, and uh, the interesting thing is that the financial detox actually forces us to spend more time together. So we're all divided by devices these days. And uh, I'm not perfect. I love my devices too. My children love their devices. Uh, but by not spending more money on apps or, or new video games or that sort of thing. We actually pulled out board games uh, last week and we were playing board games together. Mm-hmm. So how often are we doing that? So quality family time is a is kind of an ancillary benefit to... to I, always, I always need a glass of wine, though, when yeah. I'm playing those quality family games. So, so is this something that you suggest to clients? Uh, absolutely. Uh, I've talked about it with, certain, uh, with some clients of mine. Um, and it works for some people. So for a personality like mine, where, as we said earlier, I can't budget and, you know, it's really difficult to keep track during the day, just cut it off, go cold turkey for a month, and you'll really start to see the savings and the benefit. Okay. And now you're talking about savings. Mm-hmm. Now, with um, my children, and I think with Christine's, we had different different methods of saving, but they all saved. Yes. Have you, I, and I would hope that you are teaching your children during this financial detox about about the savings, but sure. how much they can grow. I mean, I did, mm-hmm. trying to explain compound interest to yeah. kids was yeah. was there. But I mean, I think what if you saved a hundred dollars a month, right? And you were getting it at what five percent, right? Over fifteen years, you're looking at what? You must be close to twenty-seven grand. Absolutely, yeah, twenty-seven thousand dollars. So just for uh, one hundred dollars for, and if you could grow it at five percent a month after fifteen years, that's twenty-seven thousand. So one of the things, though, you know, my my kids are older, mm. and uh, <clears throat> my eighteen and twenty-one year old, I'm getting them into digital 
advice, investing digitally. And so both of them are going to go. We And I mean, we'll talk about this on another show, but we mm-hmm. have a digital uh, investment uh, service called Virtual Wealth. And I want to get them in, and they're getting into the stock market really young. And you put that away because they've got a long-term horizon. That's going to kill Well, they shouldn't follow me because, you know, I buy high, sell low. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently. (laughs) So this is all within the underlying securities ETFs, and we can talk about that another time. But that's what I'm doing with my kids this year. Fantastic. Teaching them about, uh, you know, digital investing, what is the stock market, and they can start small, and they each have, you know, small jobs they can put money in, and then it'll start accumulating and you put it away. So that'll expose them to the market Mm -hmm. and also saving. Mm -hmm. But even a GIC. Mm-hmm. Even something fairly a fairly safe mutual fund, if they're not quite ready, because you have to, you know, you have to become educated if you're going to be investing digitally. Well, actually, you don't. No, because, no, you don't. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh yeah, you do. So, it's so, where do we sign no. up? <laughs> no, that's the beautiful thing of it, because really, there's a questionnaire, and you fill out all the questions, and it tells you your risk profile, and it puts you in a, um, a portfolio that's going to meet your t- uh, risk profile and your time horizon. Do they so. have a risk profile? Never want to lose any money. Only want to make <laughs> they it. Do, they do. Well, yeah. <laughs> but then you might want not go and uh, you know invest digitally. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but they do have safety to growth, so it, you don't have to know the market at all. So where can people go to learn more about this? Absolutely. So you can uh, find me uh, or any of our advisors at www.meridiancu.ca. And then a quick Google search for Meridian and you'll have all the answers that you're looking for. And there's no cold turkey tab? (laughs) There's no cold turkey tab, but I'm I'm happy to talk to anybody about it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, it is, you know, as Dillis mentioned, I mean, it's, it's, it's different to have a financial advisor sit there and it sound like a you know a real person or I don't want to say normal person but, you know like somebody <laughs> mm-hmm. that I could relate to because Thank you. Yeah. It, it it does get hard and I don't think everybody everybody strives to be perfect right. when it comes to budgeting but you know there are all those little must have to lives For that sure. just come that come up that's how I determine something yes yeah. advisors are human too yeah <laughs> <laughs> well thank you very much for joining us Thanks today so much. thank you What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Still being picked on for being picky? Perfect. Meridian's good-to-grow high-interest savings account was made for you. At Meridian, we say be picky. Order that half-calf, half-sweet, no-foam latte with whip. Try on your whole closet until your outfit is outstanding. And accept nothing less than 3% interest for four months when you open your first good-to-grow high-interest savings account. Meridian, expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. This is 105.9 The Region. What she said. She's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Joining us now is Kate Ross. She's a Toronto-born actress known for her roles in Rain, Alias Grace, and Heartland. And she's here today to tell us about a production of Mary's Wedding that she's starring in. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Uh, Mary's Wedding is a love story set against the backdrop of the Great War on now until February 16th at Streetcar Crow's Nest in Toronto. Tell us more about the show. 
Uh, well, the show, um, it is a dream. It's the dream of the main character, Mary. Well, main character, it's a two-hander, so <laughs> the other one might not agree with that. Um, but it is the night before her wedding, and she keeps having this recurring dream. So um, the play takes us back through this dream of her love around the start of the Great War. So, yeah, it's a, a love story. It is the lead up to the Great War and it's Canadian. I hmm? kind of had a little chuckle when you said that the other person in the two-hander <laughs> may not agree with uh, you being the lead because that is, in fact, your husband. It is. <laughs> it is <my> husband. <laughs> <laughs> He'd probably let me be the lead. Just, you know. So, um so the play first premiered at the Alberta Theatre Project, what, 2002? And it's mm -hmm. had more than 100 productions in Canada, the U.S., New Zealand, and the U.K. Um, but what is the dynamic like when you're working with your husband? With my husband. Um, well, this is the second time we've actually done this show. Mm -hmm. um, about six years ago, we produced it ourselves just outside of Windsor. We converted a barn into a theater and much of the play takes place in a barn. So that was a really magical experience, but it, it lacked the infrastructure to get as many people out there as we mm -hmm. wanted to see it. So it had been a dream of ours to do it in Toronto for a long time. Uh, Fraser and I met in theater school, so we worked a lot together in that time, which was part of the um, part of our love story. And mm -hmm. so we're used to working together. It's been amazing. <laughs> yeah. Well, the timing for this production was chosen by the creators to honor the occasion of the 100th anniversary of the end of World War One. What do you hope people take away from the show? Well, you know, I grew up with a grandparent who had served in World War II, and I grew up listening to her war stories. She was a nurse at a casualty clearing station in World War II. And as time passes and those generations um, age and eventually pass away, the younger generation doesn't hear those stories in the same way. It wasn't their grandparents. And for my parents, they heard these stories from people of the Great War. And then we heard these stories from people of World War II. And I think it's very important for younger generations to hear these stories and understand that these people were no different from us. They were high school age, they had relationships, they had families, and they were going over to do this impossible thing. Um, so I just think it's really important that we keep that conversation going of how serious this was and how we need to be supporting each other and, and supporting other countries and just to make sure things like this don't ever happen again. Um, yeah. Well, it's clearly had an impact on you, this, this play. I mean, this is, you said you've, you brought it before to the barn. Mm -hmm. You've been trying <laughs> to do this. So what is it specifically about this work that reaches out to you? You know, Stephen Massacott, who's the playwright, who we just got to meet the other day for the first time, and we oh. just lost our minds. We were so excited. <laughs> were you fangirling all over the Yeah, place? absolutely. <laughs> and we went we went to a pub, and we were sitting there, Fraser and I, and the director, Kent Staines, and Stephen. And there was actually, just by sheer coincidence, a portrait of King George, who was the king at the time, mm -hmm. um, just hanging above us in the pub just by sheer coincidence. So we thought that was pretty cool. Um 
But the way Stephen writes is um, r- really poetry. Much of the play is myself describing the Canadian prairies, describing what the battlefields would have looked like, um, describing horseback riding, describing these really visceral, beautiful things. And his poetry is amazing. I mean, the man can really spin a yarn. So that's something that keeps drawing us back is the, the uh, beauty of his words. Yeah. You were born and raised in Toronto. Yeah. Uh, you're a graduate of both the Etobicoke School of the Arts and George Brown Theatre School. And since then, you've appeared in a number of hit TV shows. A lot. <laughs> uh, so what was it like returning to the theatre? It's been wonderful. I mean, with TV, you act in fits and starts, and it's so technical. Hurry up and wait. Hurry up and wait. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And um, it's just a different. It really feels like a different medium. Um, and as I say, you're you're you know sitting for a long time, and then you get up and you act for five minutes, and then you sit down. And um, for this, I'm acting in rehearsal for eight hours a day for weeks. And now that we're on stage, you know, you have people reacting in different ways. And um, honestly. Getting to act for an hour and a half straight is an absolute pleasure because I don't get to do that very often. Mm. Yeah. What is it about a role that 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 pulls you in where you say, "Oh, I want to do this." I think, I think I, as many people are, attracted to. I'm attracted to roles that remind me of myself in a sort of sort of heightened circumstance. So the way I relate to Mary is that she's spunky, she's outgoing, she um, maybe doesn't say the right thing all the time, but she's uh, been asked to grow up very quickly in this setting. And that fascinates me. What would I do in that situation? I don't know that I'd be as strong as her, but it's inspiring to try. And um, I think I'm drawn to characters that are like me, but heightened. Yeah. So there's a comfort there, but then I get to push myself. So can you think of a role that you would have loved to have played? Oh, it's so cliche, but it's <laughs> Rose in Titanic. Really? <laughs> yeah, I was 10 when I saw that, and it just devastated me. I was sobbing. I was crawling up the <laughs> stairs. My mom was yelling at my dad for taking me um, because I was way too young to see Titanic, and I could hear them upstairs. She's going, what are you doing taking her into that movie? And I'm literally pulling myself up the stairs going, ah, 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 and yeah, Rose, for sure. Is really? funny? Yeah, because I mean, uh, Christine and I hate the movie. Right? No, oh, do you? Yeah. Oh, Oh, yes, I, I know. I mean, I, to me, I think a period movie should be true to the period. Oh, there, I know. And there was it's so, so much over wrong. the top, and so much words that weren't like even invented then. You know, clothing that I wasn't know. worn. Everything. I'm sitting there. That going, wasn't even it for you're me. Kidding. It was like I walked out. I mean, for me, I, I want a movie or a play. Mm-hmm. I want to be transported. I want that cast to take me. Yeah. Somewhere. Yeah. For an hour and a half. Yeah. I don't want to think about what I have to do when the movie's over. Right. Or the groceries I have to pick right. up or the letter I have to mail. I want to be and it completely didn't transport. You? All I could think, I, I thought the acting was so formula. It was like, if I hear it one is. more... <laughs> I hear one more. Rose, I know. Jack, they couldn't Rose, stop saying Jack. each other's names. Oh, no. Rose, Jack. I thought I'm going to puke. I know. But you were 10. I was 10. That's the thing. I'm like, when I watch it now, it's it's nostalgia. And 
And I still absolutely revere Kate Winslet. I do think oh, yeah, she's, she's a phenomenal fabulous, actress. Absolutely brilliant um, actress. But but honestly, it was just those that formative time where I had never seen anything like that, and it really deeply affected me. <laughs> you wanted to be swimming in the icy water. I did. I wanted to be yelled at by James Cameron. He died for her. Yeah, he died for her. He could have fit on the door, but he decided not to. (laughs) Um, Well, come to this play because I really feel like we will do that for you and you won't be thinking about your groceries. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. That sounds like... Um, So out of all this, uh, you've done so many shows. Covert Affairs, Rookie Blue, Defiance, Lost Girl, Heartland, Alias Grace, American Gothic. Yeah. Um, Does one of those roles stand out for you? Hmm. I think Heartland I loved because they've been doing that show for quite a while mm-hmm. and it's such a family out there. It's a it's a well-oiled machine with heart. Um, so you're getting your days. It's not very stressful, but they're all having such a good time. They all really live that um, rancher and um, rodeo lifestyle, mm-hmm. the, like all the crew and the cast. Um, so I just loved being out there. Um, and... I get to play, I'm kind of girl next door-ish myself or soldier. I get soldier a lot. Um, So I've really enjoyed that side of things that like what it feels like to carry all of that weight, what it Mm -hmm. feels like um, to learn about the ammunition and be in those stakes I find really interesting. Okay, so Mary's wedding is yes. on now it until is. the 16th. That's right. So, so two more weeks at Streetcar Crow's Nest. And you can buy tickets online at crowstheater.com. Now, where and how can people connect with you online, Kate? Um, well, I have an Instagram account, Kate Ross Lecky, and, uh, and on Facebook the same way. All right. Yeah. Well, thanks again for joining us. Oh, thank and you we'll so much for having you. me. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Meridian's three-year Escalator GIC can help you save for a bucket list trip. In the first year, earn 2% interest. In the second, 3%. In the third, 4%. Those escalating savings could be the difference between this trip and this trip. Visit a branch or meridiancu.ca today to get started. Meridian, saving for a better life while living your best life. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. Passion is everything when it comes to hair, so trust your hair to an artist. Jason Kearns of Kearns & Co. is known across North America for making the hottest high fashion looks work for real people. Jason and his team of expert stylists bring together creativity, vision, and the very latest hair care systems, color, and products to create looks that have heads turning. Your hair is the most important fashion accessory you will ever own. Trust it to the experts. Start today. Visit kernsandco.com. This is 105.9 The Region. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Well, Saturday night at 8 o'clock I know where I'm gonna go I'm gonna pick my baby up And take her to the picture show 
And joining us now is film critic Anne Brody for Saturday Night at the Movies. And we're starting off today with Into Invisible Light. Jennifer Dale. That's a familiar name. Mm-hmm. She's she's just one of the great icons of, of Canadian film. She's mm-hmm. been in the industry, the burgeoning industry, since the 70s. Uh, and she was part of the Hollywood North boom of the 80s. Um, and she's never stopped working since then. So she stars in this film with Peter Callahan, the very handsome Peter Callahan, <laughs> as her ex-boyfriend. They run into each other at an event. She, he says, so are you writing? They haven't seen each other in 25 years. You're still writing? I said, oh, who, me? No. And he gets really angry because she has such a gift for writing. Uh, so he pushes her, and I was beginning to think that he was being abusive, but Jennifer, in our interview that you'll see, mm-hmm. assured me that he was just being firm. <laughs> so he wanted her to write. She wants to write. What's the problem? So it's about this woman's thinking about what she's going to do with the rest of her days that she's given. She's she's mm-hmm. newly widowed, and she's uh, been given a new task. So, and you have an interview with Jennifer? I do. On our site? Yes. Oh, that's great. The marvelous Jennifer. Okay. Jennifer on whatshesaidtalk.com. Dot com. <laughs> okay. So, now, the late Rod Stewart um, really, I think, reshaped the way that we everybody thinks about sharks. Um, and he called for their preservation. Um, and now, shark water extinction is the now second avail- one. The second yes, one. That's it's the now available. One. It's on all the streaming services. It's listed on the website and on DVD, um, you know, the digital download, everything. I think what was most surprising was he raised the fact first that 90% of the world's sharks were being killed. Mm-hmm. And this was the whole reason for his journey to figure out what was going on. And he discovered it's because of this shark fin soup that is considered a delicacy for Chinese weddings and good luck amulet. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we follow him through various locales around the world where shark fin cutting and leaving the dead body is big business, including Costa Rica, Liberia. And and other points. So you know, and this was a Toronto filmmaker, right? He was a Toronto filmmaker, yeah. And uh, I'm told he had a magical personality. I never did meet him. Who's Sterler Gunnarsson, who's created S- the finished Sterla. piece, the Toronto, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, Sterler. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, he does a lot of TV as well. Um, very hardworking guy. So he put together all Rob's film. Rob was just about done, and he's made a terrific, not just tribute to sharks, but tribute to Rob. Mm-hmm. And ironically, there's a film opening in the theaters this week called Wonders of the Sea 3D, and it's Jacques Cousteau's family. And they took up the mantle left by Jacques to preserve the oceans and all the flora and fauna mm-hmm. in it. And their special focus is sharks. So this is a growing problem. If two major uh, influencers are doing work on sharks, we've got to pay attention. I mean, we've had to for a long while. Jaws, the film... Gave them a bad reputation. <laughs> well, and some of them inspired them because people were so fascinated by what they see that it did yes. inspire someone. Yes, so I think there were. I actually really enjoyed seeing Jaws for the second time. I went 
first time. And then I went back maybe three weeks later with another different group of friends. But just when all the scary moments were about to happen, because I'd only Mm. just seen the movie, I turned sideways and looked at the audience and watched them like (laughs) jump up out of their seats like that. All the scary moments. It was a lot of fun. It was weird things I did when I was a teenager. That is so funny. Was that before you were writing for the pot magazine? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. My my first journalism job for the Marijuana Times. There you go. (laughs) Forerunner. Um, the wife, Glenn Close, yeah, is nominated yeah. for everything, but I haven't seen the movie. It's not no. in the theaters. I can pre-order it here and there, but how you do I see this it, movie? You can get it on the, at the movies, or well, I just want to see it. I just well, want to see it's the on DVD and digital download now, as of next Tuesday for thirty bucks. Not on Netflix. No, it's no, not on Netflix no, yet. No, you can no, see no, it on. Yet. Well, I thought it was going to be on. It's you can available for pre-order but on Kate, iTunes. I don't and understand things. this. You live so close to an arts theater. Where I they do. have all yes, where they have all the, well, nomination, the, the, the nominees. They the one at Young and Eglinton on the South Corner will bring back the smaller ones. Right, will bring back um, Oscar nominated movies, and they start about now. So we can usually perfect. We can usually catch up with yeah. most of them. But I'm worried about the wife, although I assume it's going to pop up somewhere. I'm sure it absolutely. So let's talk about Velvet Buzzsaw. Oh, gee whiz. Okay, <laughs> soon will be available <laughs> on Netflix. Jake Hall and his. Uh, close friend, Rene Russo, co-star again after Nightcrawler. So anyway, it's about the art scene in Los Angeles, the contemporary art scene, and <clears throat> how extreme everybody is, how they're all characters, and how they're all sort of above, in their in their own minds, above morality, because it's all about art and nothing mm-hmm. else. So it's pretty funny. It's quite satirical, but it gets so dark. And I really had to ask myself, do I need to experience this? <laughs> <laughs> Why am I here? Am I here? Oh. Is this going to improve my mood? <laughs> but, you know, for for them what want it, it's good fun. It's good fun. Yeah. Okay, now you've got lots of other reviews because we sort of, uh, you know, the sharks stole this little segment right here. But they're up on, on your blog on our website, whatshesaidtalk.com. And thank you very much. See you next week, girls. For sure. This is 105.9 The Region. Connect with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler at whatshesaidtalk.com. Well, for a super game, you want supersized snacks. So joining us now is Emily Richards, home economist, spokesperson for Ontario Turkey, with some ideas to help satisfy your game day craving and feed a crowd with Ontario Turkey at your Super Bowl party this year. So welcome to the show, Emily. Thank you for having me. Okay, so I'd imagine Turkey will fill you up until the end of the game, and that's important, right? It is very important because you don't want to miss anything, especially... The halftime show, Maroon 5's playing, so that's yeah, pretty exciting. Yeah, absolutely. I know. My husband leaves for the halftime show. I start watching at the halftime show. <laughs> I know. My kids run down at the halftime show, so yeah. it's all good. Um, it's a lean protein, so it's going to fill you up. And it's great because you can make a lot of things ahead. You don't want right. to miss any any of the, of the game or that halftime show. So it's nice to have things made ahead. And then you can just have them throughout the game. You could have um, the best ever turkey chili in a slow cooker so that, you know, it's hot throughout Mm -hmm. the whole time and you can go into the kitchen and grab it. I actually like serving chili as an appetizer with tortilla chips and just kind of digging in that way. So it doesn't have to be Mm -hmm. kind of that big bowl of chili. Right. So but let's talk a little bit because you said turkey is 
uh, you know, it's a lean protein. Definitely. So naturally, mm-hmm. But it's also naturally low in cholesterol, and it's got a whole slew of other essential nutrients. Tell us about some of the benefits of turkey. Well, because it is that lean protein that everyone's looking to kind of sustain their hunger, but also fill the vitamins and minerals that they're looking for. So things like niacin and zinc, um, B vitamins like 6 and 12 that we're all looking kind of to help be that healthy overall us. So we need it, you know, for brain development and all these other things that um, it's not just part of our everyday life to sustain, you know, having meals and things like that. But when you look at it from a different perspective of having guests over and having parties, mm-hmm. it's kind of a an easy way to eat healthfully without telling people, essentially, right? Because they think, well, turkey might be something that they've had over the holidays and it might be filling, but incorporating it into your everyday life is actually quite healthy. Mm. So tell us about some go-to game day recipes. Oh, well, there's plenty on makesitsuper.ca. If you love wings, I mean, that's a popular um, item for um, any kind of game day. Uh, Breaded turkey wings, honey garlic turkey wings, they're nice and big so you don't have to sit there and feel like you're eating you know pounds and pounds of smaller Are turkey wings. wings readily available it's not it's not something i've ever actually thought of getting <laughs> um, they actually are readily available and so are turkey thighs so those kind of smaller cuts we always tend to think of that large yeah, turkey that's true. yeah um, but you can get different size pieces and you can get if you're looking for you know if your family's a, a white meat lover that breast meat i have bought just the breast but i mean wings yeah there's a nice big wings it, I, is. I, it has never occurred to me to like Buy a bag of turkey. And the drumsticks. If you think of, you know, vacationing and you've seen those large turkey Mm -hmm. drumsticks. that size. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Those are great to put. My family loves dark meat. So, you know, roasting those off and serving them, you know, a la wing style. Yeah. um, Roasted in the oven. They take anywhere from, depending on if you're getting the wings or the drumsticks, Mm -hmm. um, they can range about 20 to 40 minutes. So it takes a good amount of time to cook them, but you're going to end up with that nice crispy coating on the outside if you're doing the breaded ones or a nice saucy wing. So one or two of those wings essentially will fill you up, which is perfect. You don't know my family. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe they're like my son. (laughs) What I like about this is that it's, um, you can make it ahead. And so you're not, I hate those things that go on for hours where people are, you know, having a drink, doing this up and down, and you're in the kitchen the whole time doing something. So if you make a nice salad, a couple of salads, and and you throw Mm -hmm. some turkey wings or breasts or whatever you're throwing in, plus some chili. That's true. You're good to go. And I think sometimes when we think of game day food, we think of those kind of deep fried things or those things that aren't quite as healthy, but there Mm -hmm. are a lot of healthy options that will be just as filling and satisfying. Um, You can make that perfect turkey chili and then put it on some tortilla chips and make nachos. Mm -hmm. It's a lovely way baking them in the oven with some cheese. That's a great way to kind of have an appetizer and have those wings and even slicing up some of that roast turkey and adding it to your salad. It's really that little bit of protein addition will really sustain you. So you don't feel like you have to keep going back for more Mm -hmm. snacks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like the I like the idea of using the, the chili as a as a dip. With a with a salsa, so you could actually sort of basically, you know, you could have your slow cooker or a small one right there on the table and just let people either spoon it into bowls or have, or just dip right out of it. I guess and as long as they didn't double dip. No, you definitely want to keep it. <laughs> and one thing you can do is if you chop up some cheddar cheese and stir it right into the chili, it's mm-hmm. kind of like a um, um, a meaty 
cheesy dip. So it, it's just another addition that, you know, you're hiding the cheese in the sense that you don't need as much because it's melting in with the chili. So it's mm. a little added bonus. A little added. Yeah. <laughs> and it's also, and, and it all sounds great for leftovers too. Mm-hmm. Yes, for sure. You can take that chili then and serve it over a baked potato the next day. Great weeknight meal. Mm-hmm. Or pack it for lunch. It's mm-hmm. You're getting all that protein and then you're getting your little bit of carbs there. So overall, you'll feel really great. It was also an easy switch for me because we, we do like chilies, but to switch from beef to turkey um, because it made it healthier. It also made it like, you know, a lighter a lighter meal. Yes. Um, and my husband didn't notice. <laughs> if he's listening, he's just found out. Oh, no. Because he would always be like, oh, turkey chili. So we just substituted it one day just for fun. Never noticed and we've never looked back. <laughs> If you, and if you think of family favorites like shepherd's pie and those types of things, yep. turkey fits in really well. And yeah. it also gives you an alternate for the week, a different protein to use. Okay, yep. so makeitsuper.ca. That's where you go for recipes. Makesitsuper.ca, mm-hmm. yes. Makes it super. Makes it super.ca. <laughs> There's some S's in there. That's, that's, that's a great, uh, great. Awesome. Yeah. And you're at Ontario... Uh, Ontario Turkey on social media. Yes, right? you can find lots of great ideas and uh, and keep looking for some game day fun. <laughs> Emily Richards, thank you very much. Thank you. Gobble, gobble. <laughs> what she said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Still being picked on for being picky? Perfect. Meridian's good-to-grow high-interest savings account was made for you. At Meridian, we say be picky. Order that half-calf, half-sweet, no-foam latte with whip. (sighs) Try on your whole closet until your outfit is outstanding. And accept nothing less than 3% interest for four months when you open your first good-to-grow high-interest savings account. Meridian, expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. This is 105.9 The Region. What she said. She's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Joining us now are business partners Martha Eleftherio and Angela Catanaro, who run monthly New Moon Sister Meditation Circles. Uh, what are those, you may ask? Well, these circles provide a safe, confidential, and inspiring place for women to show up, be seen, and heard without any judgment. Welcome to what she said, ladies. Thank you. It's lovely to be here. Thank you so much for welcoming us. Now, Martha, you're a life coach, a, a, a Reiki master, and a yoga teacher. <laughs> you know, Why did you team up with Angela? and start this it's about two years ago now yeah Yeah, we've been doing the women's circles coming up to two years Mm -hmm. Angela and I met at yoga teacher training about six years ago and since then we knew we had a a common passion for not only empowering ourselves but for sharing the life lessons that we've learned with women that come into our lives and into our circle and two years ago we started the new moon sister uh, meditation circles together and they've been absolutely wonderful inspiring healing and really extraordinary. Well, explain to people what happens in a meditation circle, because usually when we think of meditation, what comes to mind is a solo experience. Well, with the group meditation, this is specifically uh, a woman's circle that is uh, what was created by Unify, the Global Sisterhood. And they reached out to us um, when they had initially created the uh, Women's Global Sisterhood 
monthly meditation on the new moon. And uh, what this is, is it allows women to come together in a group and we hold hands and it's the same guided meditation. And on the same day, monthly, at the new moon, there are like 900 other women's circles also meditating with the same intention. So that's the difference in when you're holding uh, meditation on your own, you would most likely hold it with an intention, but in a group, it is, um, you're connected and there's a unified intention behind why you're meditating. It's described as a place for women to show up, to be seen and heard without any judgment. So how does that work when you're meditating? Because I think of meditating as everything's quiet Mm -hmm. and you're just sort of... Saying um, um, whatever. (laughs) So explain, explain, yeah. So the first, I guess, half of the experience is a guided meditation, which we do sit in silence. One of us will say the guided meditation Mm -hmm. and the women listen. So it's you're listening, sitting in silence. The second half of the experience is a group discussion in which there are a series of questions and we discuss either in a large group or in small groups, depending on the number of women that come out to the event. And so that is the the time and the place that women can be seen and heard and share sort of their their deepest, darkest secrets, their fears, their passions, their dreams, without feeling like they're going to be judged, um, with feeling confident in who they are and feeling like it's a safe place to do that. So that's the portion of the evening that women share with each other and hold that sacred space to come together. Now you talk about... uh living fearlessly. What does it mean to live fearlessly? I define living fearlessly as being aware of what your fears are and choosing to work through them anyway. So depending on what you might be afraid of. Um, so let's say I'm, I'm feeling insecure about a situation, being aware of what that insecurity is and choosing to then take any actions that um, I feel I need to do in order to be happy with courage Mm -hmm. and bravery and doing it anyway. So feeling the fear and doing it anyway. What's the difference between life and death fear and ego-driven fear? Life and death fear comes from our innate uh, need to stay alive. So we have egos because, you know, prehistoric times, humanity needed to survive and stay alive. And if there was a saber-toothed tiger (laughs) approaching you, your ego would kick in and say fight or flight response. So that is a legitimate fear to protect your life and keep yourself alive. The ego-based fear is uh, connected not so much with keeping yourself alive, but so much connected with what other people think of you. If I say this, what will people think of me? If I do this, how will I be perceived by my peers, by my boss, by my family. So the ego-based fear is different than the life and death fear because your life is not on the Mm -hmm. line, Mm -hmm. but it's more connected with wanting to be accepted by other people. So for example, uh, fear of heights would be a life and death fear. You're afraid of falling, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Whereas fear of public speaking, which many people have, is an ego-driven because they're they're having to perform in front of people and concerned about... Yeah. So it's interesting then because so many of us have a fear of failing that Mm -hmm. that is that ties into 
living fearlessly as well. So how do you help people walk through those fears? Well, walking through your fear again is identifying what your fear is. Mm -hmm. So if you've already identified, I'm afraid of failing, um, then making a list of, okay, what does it mean if you should fail? Mm -hmm. And why are you so afraid of failing? Um, What I would do for myself is if I'm afraid of doing this, what is the worst thing that could possibly happen? And if you're comfortable making taking the steps in order to do it anyway. Mm. So if I'm afraid of failing that, you know, people are going to look at me and think like, what a, what a loser she is, or <laughs> I'm afraid of how it's going to look, um, then what is the worst thing that can possibly happen? My worst thing would not be doing it. Right. So I'd feel really disappointed that I didn't follow through with going ahead with that action. Just kind of wondering, when you're helping people go walk, deal with fears, would it be, which are harder, life and death or ego? Probably ego driven. Because mm. life and death, you know, if you're, if you're hiking and you come into contact with uh, a rattlesnake, what do you need to do? Instinctively, get the heck out get of the hell out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whereas when it's ego driven, it's so in, it's really deep within, and we can rationalize not to do it. And you've also uh, recently published your life stories in a book called "Born to Be Me." Where can people get that? Actually, you can get that on Amazon or uh, Chapters Indigo. Oh, so it's everywhere. It's everywhere. <laughs> and that's you, how, you can even contact us and we can get you a copy too. <laughs> so the Life Story Center, briefly on your experiences, your fears, what? Absolutely. It's, uh, it's our stories with uh, an experience in our lives that has molded us, that has changed us, that has made us into who we are today. And really, that was one of the scariest things I've ever done, to yes. write your story, to make it publish for the world to read is truly a life-changing experience. And that I can speak for you too, yes. Angela, yeah. was a life-changing and really stepping into our fear. Mm, yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> but tell everyone one more time what the Facebook page is, because that can go by on the radio quickly. Uh, love your life, live fearlessly. Love your life, live fearlessly. So you just go to Facebook events and you... Yes. That is awesome. So uh, thank you so much for, for coming in and telling us all about it. I, I I didn't realize that there were so many groups doing that at the same time yep. all over the all over the place. It's very powerful, yes. the, the new moon meditation as it happens all over the world. And mm-hmm. it's it's said that for one person who meditates with, meditates with a loving intention, it will affect 750,000 other people. That's amazing. Yeah. We will be right back with more right here on What She Said on 105.9 The Region. Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. To contact the show, go to whatshesaidtalk.com. Meridian's three-year escalator GIC can help you save for a bucket list trip. In the first year, earn 2% interest. In the second, 3%. In the third, 4%. Those escalating savings could be the difference between this trip and this trip. Visit a branch or meridiancu.ca today to get started. Meridian, saving for a better life while living your best life. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. This is 105.9 The Region. What she said. She's powerful. 
wonderful, wonderful, honest and lovable. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Forever and Ever by 13-year-old singer-songwriter Cheyenne May from Vancouver, British Columbia. Welcome to What She Said. Thank you. I understand that debuted at number 64 on the iTunes Canadian Country Charts. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, Tell us when you began to love singing and writing songs. Yeah, well... Because you're... You know, you're not quite ancient. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I've grown up with music my whole life, and everyone says their first memory of me when I was little is always just singing, dancing, performing in the living room or wherever I can. So I've always loved singing, and um, I started vocal lessons at the age of 10. Uh, Shortly after, I started guitar, and I've been playing piano my whole life. So, um, yeah, just... I've just grown up with it. Well, who are your musical influences? Um, I love Carrie Underwood. I love Beyonce. And I also love Taylor Swift. Yeah. Now, but, but in your family as well? Are there oh, people? Because yes. you said you grew up with music. Was it just listening to it or your family musicians? Yeah. So my mom, um, she played at Carnegie Hall twice. When That's she a musician. Was, <laughs> yeah, when she was 16 and 19. What did she play? Um, I'm... And the what oh. instrument piano? Oh yeah, she played piano. Okay. Um, and she teaches piano, mm-hmm. so like I've grown up with her teaching piano. Um, so I've heard so many different genres of music. That's excellent. Now you're working with Juno nominee Warren Dean Flanders. What advice has he given you? Um, he's given me so much advice, but the top two things would probably be just when I'm on stage, just go for it, perform, because that way. Um, there's really no regrets. Mm -hmm. And also his faith is really inspiring to me. His faith in, he he knows you have talent. Yes, and also um, just like his like Christianity is super important to me. Okay, so now we know that you have a handful of other songs ready to put out this year, but tell us what Forever and Ever is about. Um, Forever and Ever is really about feeling lost and feeling stuck. Um, and having questions that need to be answered, but through it all, having faith and having hope that it will all be okay. Mm-hmm. Are, mm. you, are you a religious person or a spiritual um, person? Yeah, I, I am. You are religious? Mm-hmm. Is it hard to be at your age? It seems we're in such a secular society. Do people mm-hmm. give you a, a hard time? Is it? Um, well, a lot of people know, but a lot of people don't know. Mm-hmm. And I feel like especially being in high school, it's kind of hard because... Um, People just nowadays, I feel, are not, it's not as, like, I don't want to say a popular thing, but it's not as... Yeah, I know um, what you mean. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's awkward for some Yeah, people. it's hard now. But that really has got, it's got me through a lot. So at the end of the that's day, um, I just know that that's where I want to be. And excellent for you for, you know, for sticking to your guns and knowing what's important to you. How can people connect with you online? Um, my Instagram account is Cheyenne May Music. Facebook is Cheyenne May. And I also have a website, CheyenneMay.com. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, that is it for What She Said. And we'll be back again tomorrow at noon right here on 105.9 The Region. But singing us out now, here is Cheyenne May performing.
performing forever and ever. Find the words that I need to say. Am I just broken down or losing my way? Why can't I see the light? It's dark inside. I want to know can anybody hear me now? Can anybody hear me? I know you said that more than twice that it was gonna be. Yeah, we
Woods and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people, he, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com. Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, Four Kids Flashback. Four Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at 4Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.